1: Today on Barca Talk, Real Valladolid came to the Camp Nou and gave up five goals, falling victim to a brace of goals and two assists from Lionel Messi. FC Barcelona will face Levante in Valencia this weekend. We have the scouting report for you. Welcome to Barca Talk, the podcast for FC Barcelona fans. I'm your host, Brian Henderson, in Buffalo, New York. If you're listening on the Patreon member feed, welcome to our new member, Brant, in Barcelona. Today we're going to break down Tuesday's Valle de Lead match and scout Levante for the weekend. So let me bring in my Barca brother from another mother, the NorCal kid living in Madrid, Gabriel Quiroga.
0: Yes, sir. What's going on, Brian? How you doing? i'm
1: doing well i'm very proud of my my additional rhyme that i gave you this week
0: <laughs> you're you're rhyming man you're rhyming you're skills i was hoping
1: to get like more response out of you but i understand we're recording this it's very late at night yeah. you've been working all day yeah so I'm just gonna try and like tickle you through <laughs> our video conference. Okay, <laughs> get you
0: get you woken up a little bit here. Yeah, it's been a long day, but uh, I'm ready to talk about Barcelona. I got plenty of plenty of ammunition for you, Brian. I know you. You were telling me the other day after the Viuda
1: lead match, you had some had some hot takes, and we will get to that uh, real quickly. I do want to uh, thank another. Apple Podcasts reviewer. We got another one this week. It was another five star with the headline. Awesome FCB podcast. Uh, This person says, okay, I never leave reviews and I need the FCB world to know that this podcast is top class really informative, and love how unbiased they are as well. Keep up the excellent work. And that came from Barcelona123. Thank you for that review. I I will say, I think we are a little biased. I mean, we wouldn't be making this show if we weren't full-blown culés. Like, we definitely have our biases, but we do try to stay away from too much fanboy nonsense. But thank you again for that, and keep those reviews coming in. Uh, Coming up, Lionel Messi appears to be reaching full fitness, proven in Tuesday's 5-1 defeat of Valladolid. Messi scored two, made two assists, and he sent the ball into the box that eventually resulted in Clement Longley's goal. So let's just get right into the match review the post-game, Valladolid, this was La Liga match day 11 at the Camp Nou. A 5-1 win, two from Messi, one from Suarez, one from Vidal. Longley got his first goal. Valladolid got, uh, got one kind of uh, screwy goal from Olivas in the 15th minute. So I want to start by bringing up the fact that over the last few weeks, you, Gabriel, have asked the question, when was the last time we blew out an opponent? Here are, the, here are a <laughs> few highlights. On match day two, we beat Real Betis 5-2. Scoring five goals is always impressive, right? But giving up two maybe disqualifies that as a blowout. But the same thing with Valencia, another 5-2 win on match day four. We beat Sevilla 4 nothing on match day eight. And now Valladolid 5-1. So that's three wins or four wins where Barca scored four goals or more. But the score lines aren't really what you're talking about, I don't think. I think what you're really asking is when was the last time we really dominated An opponent, right? Not just scored a lot of goals or won by a lot of goals, but really owned the game from beginning to end. So we got this good result. Was this the game where we finally dominated throughout?
0: Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to report. No, I mean you brought up some good points. I mean, yes, you know, like I we play well right now, the camp note. We've had really good results and we scored a lot of goals. And I know ultimately that is the Results we are looking for, right on paper. But what I'm asking more it was about the domination, not only of possession, shots, but defensively, like everything from A to Z, you know. And we are still lacking that, you know. Even thinking about the Sevilla match, the four nothing on paper, that looks really dominating. But again, remember, if Sevilla had a better striker, who knows what that outcome could have happened. And again, this match, you know, obviously people are talking about Messi's performance. The team looked a little bit better. But again, we still have flaws in our defense. We dominated possession, but again, it's still an empty feeling I'm feeling with these with these games you know I know we're winning but it, it just I don't know It's I don't know if it's missing Javi and Iniesta so much that I miss that master class of talent and so forth in the midfield but I don't know I, there's just something missing Brian and I you know I think I know what's going on but still you know it's still impressive to win 5-1 we're undefeated at home, and we've been looking really good at home. But again, it's our road woes. And again, I don't know what is going on with why it's not connecting with me as a romantic Barca fan, you know?
1: It's just not as smooth as it yeah. once was. Yeah, That's sure. what it is. Like,
0: we we get the
1: possession, but it's never that that smooth flowing connection of passes, maintaining the possession. It's more going after the ball. Yeah it's I mean it's very it's like, you know, football one oh one really. Just win your duels, go after, press, um, but the passing is just not what it once was and the movement isn't quite what it once was. They're just not playing as smooth as they used to. I think that's what you're really looking for is that kind of smoothness. And that's what I would love to see too.
0: For sure. And I and I also bring up like the idea of the spacing from players, you know? Tight Triangles moving in unison. And right. I know that's a really hard thing to do because obviously they grew up in La Masia and so forth. But you would think that the remaining players that we have would try to instill that into the new players so that we continue that. Because again, that is our identity in the midfield where those tight triangles that moved in unison because that is so hard to defend, Brian, just that movement, passing and going. Because as a defender, you make one move and all of a sudden the midfield already knows two you know plays ahead of you where he's going to go and so does your partner. I just think, you know, especially with Vidal starting, you know, to me, yes, Vidal is playing okay, you know, he's performing, he's doing things, but I don't like him as a Barca player. I don't like what he brings and he's not a, the type of midfielder I'm looking for. So again, like you said, there's just something missing. This 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 this, <laughs> this the, the romantic feeling of football that I have. I know we're winning and we're scoring some amazing goals and so forth. I think it's still a mirage of the problems we ultimately have, and it's going to leave us a little high and dry in April and in May.
1: Yeah, that's the real thing, is when we get into that period, getting into the later stages of Champions League, and about the triangles and the small, tight triangles moving together in unison, I really am convinced that that is not part of Valverde's tactical concept or understanding. Yeah, for sure. He clearly doesn't drill it. For sure. If he did, we would see it on the pitch on game day.
0: For sure. You know, it's funny. It's, uh, you know, when I was playing in that Embassy Cup last weekend, it's interesting to hear to see how people warm up for football, right? So when we were warming up and I was warming up with these American stuff, we were passing the ball more than 25 yards, 30 yards and mm-hmm. stopping the ball and passing. And in my head, I'm like, how many times does that even happen in the game where you have just right. a weird <laughs> line of 35 yards to make a lies nice pass, right? That's not... What it really is is tight quarters. Three yards away, moving, passing and hitting. They do this obviously in the warm up with the ronda and so forth. But I, like you said, I just don't think Valverde instills it and makes it, you know, the ultimatum of the midfield that they have to do that. You know, I think he's perfectly fine with being direct. And we look at these possession numbers. You know, sixty-two percent. And on paper, again, I would say that is a dominant performance. But watching on it it just doesn't seem dominant and it's weird
1: yeah it's like i said it's it's not just the number it's how the number is reached yeah for
0: sure for sure yeah i don't know too about this match brian if it was via the lead being tired as well because this happened as well in the real madrid game last night where the opposing coaches both complained that since there was no Clasico. Madrid and Barcelona were so fresh and both teams had a five-goal output. You know, after the second goal, Brian, did it seem to you that Valladolid just kind of let off the gas a little bit?
1: Yeah, pretty clearly. Yeah,
0: that's why I'm saying I think it's a mirage of this performance because, yes, Messi had an amazing match, but I just think that Valladolid knew when to kind of, all right, lay down and we'll live another day. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, let's talk lineup decisions because in the forwards, we had Ansu Fadi starting Griezmann starting on the bench and Suarez played all 90 minutes so the selection of Fatih is understandable with Dembele out on suspension and I know that you would have preferred Griezmann at center forward instead of Suarez but could you try to play devil's advocate against your own preferences mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and make the case for Suarez to play 90 minutes while Griezmann plays 30 out of position
0: I will try my best Brian and I think I think the first thing is if you're just looking at the last four to five games of run, Suarez has been scoring. So keep the hot hand. And so Valverde is that type of coach. And I think that's why he's using him in the starting lineup. And again, you cannot argue that he's not scoring. And as we talked about as a a number nine, that is the most important statistic that you need. The other thing, I guess, is (laughs) he's Messi's best friend. And Messi and him clearly have a great link up. And Messi's always looking for him. And in this match, when Suarez scored, it was a great pass by Messi. In these moments of time, you're banking that Suarez is going to make the goal and come through, and in this match, he did. So there's my double's yes. advocate for this.
1: Right, <laughs> right. Because like anyone can go back and listen to any number of episodes <laughs> where, where, where Gabriel lays out all the reasons why Suarez should be essentially doing what Griezmann did in this match, Correct. right? Coming in in the 60th or 70th minute and being a super sub, whereas Griezmann should have gotten the start so I wanted to flip the script a little bit on this one of course of course and as far as Valverde playing the hot hand I mean let's be honest he plays the lukewarm hand (laughs) that was once hot exactly he'll he'll even take it all the way to cold
0: with this match it's such a hard match to, to to gauge because of the opponent you know we dominated in the possession we scored five goals for me why not give Griezmann the opportunity to be the solo number nine and experiment and see how that works with Fatih and Messi. The game was tight, right? In the second half, it was still one to one. So Valverde didn't want to make that change. Am I incorrect in that?
1: Well, yeah, because we were, <laughs> you know, we were, we were up two to one. Yeah. And in the 30th minute, we were up three to one by halftime. Yeah. And then we got two more in the second half. This was just gravy for him. For sure. To get these extra three goals.
0: With Suarez and Busquets just sub them they don't have to play 90 it's okay you know and we have such a deep bench this is the time to utilize for example your boy Alenia
1: yeah exactly Carlos Alenia he was on the squad for this game which at this point is kind of a rarity Mm -hmm. but he still can't seem to get minutes meanwhile Vidal and Busquets played all 90 so do you have any idea what what it is that Valverde doesn't like about Alenia
0: yeah I mean I, I really think that because Vidal is playing so well for him right now Alenia just will not be able to sniff that out. Now, I think if Vidal was not playing that well and if Rakitic wasn't there, then I I imagine that Alenia would have had these opportunities to play. But for whatever reason, there's nothing reporting out of here why he's not playing. I mean, I would imagine that Alenia is training hard and doing the things that he normally does. But for whatever reason, Valverde just doesn't want to use him unless there's an injury to other midfielders and it's a desperate situation. I think that's when he'll use him. Unfortunately, you know, especially like in these blowout matches, right? These are the times that you can just use Alenia just to get some game time because Copa del Rey usually would be now and now it's being pushed back, right? So those minutes for the players that don't get so much playing time. I mean, when was the last time Alenia got playing time? The first match of the season? Yes. Yeah, exactly. So... You know, before when the Copa del Rey campaign was earlier, Alenia would have seen more playing time earlier, right? To get those legs. Sure. Yeah. And so maybe he's just holding him out to Copa del Rey and just to let him captain that side. You know, the younger side of the Copa del Rey. Brian, you asked me what Valverde is thinking. I, you know. Man, this guy just, just baffles me continually. So I, he has such a mundane way of managing and talking to the press that it just drives me crazy because, you know, when you're in charge of a super team like this, you don't have to do much, but you also can be a little daring and take chances to have excellent football right <laughs> and as
1: far as you know elena goes i mean it does seem like he's just getting crowded out because we have a lot of midfielders and valverde has the players who he like he prefers to go with we obviously know who those are and even arthur wasn't on the squad and he wasn't even injured so he at least made some some changes in the overall squad but as far as the actual players it was uh, no surprise you could just see how elena getting a little bit crowded out by the players that Valverde feels like he knows more about they've given him good performances in the past so that's who he wants to go with
0: For sure and and again this is one of the things that drives me crazy about the press here they never ask these type of questions the question you just asked why isn't Alenia playing no one ever asks these questions like why is this happening I, and I know what you're going to say but <laughs> out
1: of sight out of mind
0: <laughs> Exactly <laughs> and this is the thing is like do Griezmann and Messi get along that's a major question you know nothing sure. yeah nothing tactical about why isn't Alenia getting more playing time when he is an up and comer? Or, you know, what were you thinking with, you know, the Rakitic keeping, you know, more tactical things about the game, but no one ever asked these questions. And again, I want to see Alenia play. I think he has a huge upside. I don't know if he is a out and out starter in the future, but how are we going to know if we don't find playing time for him?
1: I mean, Ricky Pooch is playing way more minutes than Alenia is right now at Barca B. So in a way he's coming along more than Alenia. Alenia's kind of stuck you know just training with the first team but he's not playing
0: yeah for sure and again you know just like you said that Artur wasn't even on the on the squad and again it's these moves are just baffling to me because you would think as we saw in the previous games there was some consistency with Artur and now he's off the bench the same thing with Alenia as we spoke about you know maybe there has to be more of a precedence having allocation minutes squad positions for La Masia players so that there's some sort of motivation for those players to stay with Barca, you know.
1: Yeah, but then you know you hamstring the manager too much and then it gets too authoritarian and there are some negative outcomes there as well.
0: For sure, but if you want to continue to grow, you know grow the talent that we've been able to do the past years, I mean football's always changing, right? And I know you know, like you said, you don't want to keep it authoritarian, but I think if you just kind of keep it like a Bill style, where they have to have an allocation of, let's say, 100 minutes a season. Putting Elena at 10 minutes here, that's 10 minutes closer to 100. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. just just for an example, I'm just, I'm not saying little that's by little. Clear. Yeah, exactly. And it, <laughs> I mean, it benefits the, the club so much as well because. If you see you know 100 to 200 minutes of Alenya playing in regular season in La Liga, you have a better idea of what he's going to project, and if you're going to keep him, or if you want to loan him, or sell him, and then they're just better business that way, you know. And I'm just saying with two players, but I want to see Alenya more. And I think again, we have so many matches; just keep it ro- rotating more and use the young players. You're telling me that putting Alenya in this match is really going to be such a drop off that Valladolid is going to score four goals?
1: Yeah. It's really risky. Yeah, exactly. Especially Big at risk. home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on. <laughs> well, let's talk about goals. Right. Uh the first one, right in the second minute from Longley, very nice little half volley on a rebounding ball. Like a fluke it bounced off of uh I forget which defender, but a Viodeli defender and it just fell to Longley. He was kicking it in the box there. So, congratulations to Longley for opening his account for the year. Uh, this is only his second season at Barca, and he's already scored two more goals than <laughs> Javier Mascherano did in seven seasons. I mean, that's it's a fun that, fact.
0: That, that is a great fun fact. You know how much I love Mascherano and his English, you know? so. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, that was a penalty kick, that one yeah, that he scored. Yeah. You know, I always think of Longley as such an elegant defender, and you never see this type of technique, let's say, Brian, from a center back in the Premier League. <laughs> let R- rarely it. rarely yeah. right i mean yeah uh when, when you think of center backs you know obviously you never think of the technique and the ability to score and we have two probably i would say like the better center backs that can score with technique and that's pk and long lay especially pk he always wants to play center forward it seems like or he was yeah. one in a previous life he was, some, one, he was one as a youth yeah yeah for sure and that's the thing you know with long lay you can just tell that at one point of his life he was a forward as well because the way he just hit that And just cleared it. And I I know it got a ricochet, but again, to hit it that way, goal's a goal, baby, one nothing. And
1: the commentators here in the States were debating over whether it was headed into goal on its own or whether it needed the deflection. But either way, the technique was good, even if it might have gone wide, if not for the ricochet. But I think that his form looked good.
0: That technique in a game, you know, is so difficult to have because the chances of you muffing that are about 98 (laughs) percent.
1: Right. I mean, if it were me, it would be 100 (laughs) percent. Yeah. yeah. But again, no chance.
0: Even the professional. I don't think I would have
1: even been able to make contact with the ball.
0: This is the thing. I mean, even professionals muff it because it has to be really good. You know, a really good ball. You have to be super concentrated. You have to hit square. There's a lot of factors going into that. You know, usually you're going to sky it or hit it or miss it, you know. But obviously he connected and it, w- it was just a nice hit.
1: Yeah, very nice. Now, the one goal that Bayo Deli did have, this was in the 15th minute, uh, and Olivas was credited with the goal. It was on the rebound from the first shot that was saved on a free kick. So Semedo gives up the free kick. It was outside of the box. They sent it into the box. I forget who made contact at first, but terstegen first saves it and then... Uh, bounces off of Olivas to go in so the goal itself not an issue for me it was Semedo's foul the foul itself wasn't malicious but he was just thrashing at Nacho Mm -hmm. and he nearly got him on the Achilles which means Semedo could have been sent off for that and I just think that it was unnecessary
0: Semedo has these lacks of concentration that just happens where I don't know what he's thinking there's no gain all he has to do is just keep in front of the ball you know and just shadow the defender because what's the defender to do if you if you shadow him he's going to pull it back and do something else you know but no you clip the other thing too brian we are still so soft on headers on defense it's crazy because in this play like you said it was a scrum that basically ricocheted and came off and stuff no one on our defensive line is fighting to clear that header You know, I know it's just via the lead and I know it's La Liga in November, but at the same time, this is a precedence that's going to lead us into tougher matches when you have to fight for these headers on these dead balls, essentially. And if you watch the play, there's a lot of ball watching for sure.
1: Yeah. Now, one goal that I hadn't planned on highlighting, but as I look at my notes on it, I want to mention it. The 29th minute Vidal goal with the assist from Messi, because it was just so smooth how it actually transpired. Right. Vidal plays it to Messi in the middle third. Then he takes a stealthy kind of leisurely jog into the box. Messi held it up. He saw what Vidal was doing, and then he just placed it for Vidal to run on it and poke in unmarked.
0: So I have to give Vidal credit on this because even though I'm not his biggest fan, one thing he does do that we haven't really had in his type of role is his ability to find goals, right? To be able to streak and like you say, to go through the middle. That's a really hard thing to do because if you watch the play, he loses the defender easily. You know, the defender doesn't track back with him. So that's one thing. And obviously the finish that he did, that lunge finish, is a very difficult finish to do, especially with the touch and the accuracy that he did. So kudos to Vidal on that goal. Yeah? So I give him my kudos. Yeah? Credit where it's due. The other thing, too, though, that ball from Messi, good God. I mean... (laughs) Perfect, right? I mean, how does he know, first of all, that he needs to do the ball... Two meters when the guy can only jump one point nine eight meters for example you know what I'm saying like that is some idiot savant stuff you know like how he does the math on that if the defender is one inch taller he's heading that you know right. and it just goes it grazes him basically perfectly right to Vidal's foot and Vidal does the nice finish and he's accurate with it and so that's a great play from from everyone but again. In this match, I don't know what you're more impressed with, right? His assists or his goals. But th- for me, this the, this assist is just absolutely brilliant because he has his head down as well.
1: Well, he's done, as Ray Hudson often says, he's he's taken a thousand pictures. He's done all the yeah. math in his head. He knows where everything is. But speaking of, you know, getting the right height, the, the next goal that he scored, that Messi scored, uh-huh. 34th minute on the free kick, it was the ball was in the perfect place, and it was the perfect distance for Messi. He got it over the wall, no problem, and it was curving off to the right the whole time right into the edge of the goal massive gets there in time but he still could not stop it
0: you know the commentator here was saying oh it's it's too far my favorite commentator brian uh michael robinson the famed Mm. english footballer from spain that no one knows he was basically saying oh it's it's too far brian it's uh it's not the right angle for Messi in this and the other guy's like "Uh, i think it's okay you know and sure enough (laughs) Messi lines it up and hits it Brian, there's two things for me on this. I can't tell you how many times that you can practice a free kick at at training, and it's easy. Because how many shots are you doing? It's almost like golf where you go to the range and you just do 15 shots in a row. Of course, you're going to hit them because you're doing the same muscle memory. But man, it is the hardest thing to do in a match, especially when you only have one or two opportunities. Brian, that's his 50th free kick goal. I ask you this like being serious. Is he the best free kick taker of all time now?
1: I'm not the one to ask, but yes.
0: Yes, he is. I'm going to say yes as well because, Brian, in my whole football career of watching football, obviously the players that come to mind are Beckham. Yep. Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. Roberto Carlos. I think those are the top first three guys I think of of free kicks. They were never, and I'm talking never, on the consistency of what Messi has been doing for the last six years with free kicks to score more than three a year is absolutely insane. You look at all three of those guys and maybe at most they had three or four in a season, but Messi is doing it so dominantly lately. It's incredible. And now like that's how he's becoming the greatest player. Not only the goals that we've seen the last 10 years, the assists but now the free kicks it's it's absolutely incredible because the free kicks like i'm telling you brian is one of the hardest things to do in football especially because in the game you are so limited on chances and you saw before before this free kick he had another chance so he was able to aim basically gauge you know i gotta go five degrees left two degrees down and then the next one he cleared it and it's unsavable, too. That's the other thing. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. Like, his free kicks for me, especially because I used to be a free kick taker, I'm in awe of it because it's just spectacular. I mean, what else can you say?
1: Yeah, I mean, they just keep getting better. But I think I think really he should just hang it up and <laughs> and see what he can do as goalkeeper next year. <laughs> I'll bet he'd be amazing. I guess. I'll bet would be like, yeah, no, I get it.
0: Yeah, yes. yeah for sure. <laughs> I mean, this is why I've been screaming for him to move to central attacking midfielder because... In this match, you saw all everything that he displayed, right? The through the legs, canyos, the 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 assists, the goals, the free kick. I mean, he does it all. He is your dream number 10. I mean, yeah. everything that you would want. And I think still putting him on the right, you're losing the best of what we can get from Messi. And I understand we're married to this formation. But again, you can see the potential even more if we had a real lineup, a balanced lineup. But man, I can watch his free kicks For hours, because to me, especially, you know, in the last three years, how momentous they've been, you you almost expect them now. It's crazy. Yeah. And that's the thing. Anytime he's lined up on this side of the field with his left foot, there is a 70 to 60% chance he's making that into a goal now. As soon as I saw it, I thought this is perfect for him. Yeah. This is exactly where he wants it. For sure. I mean, it's almost better that distance because the wall, there's more of a separation from the wall to the keeper. That you don't have to clear the wall as high, basically. When it's a tighter thing, you have to kind of loop it higher and faster. But from a, left, from a lefty's point of view, that is just the thing of dreams.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there were two other goals. Uh, one we're going to highlight, which was the 75th-minute Messi goal with the assist from Rakitic. You have called this the most difficult goal.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, anyone that's played knows that your first touch is crucial when you're about to score. You can practice it as much as you want, but in those moments when the defense is running at you, the ball may not be perfect. Your first touch, more times out of nine, is going to fail you. Messi, to do what he just did on this goal, to turn around with his knee, Brian, and drop it down straight and then volley it. <laughs> I mean, what? Like, <laughs> I was watching this and I, I was flipping out because the simplicity that he makes it is incredible because... I guarantee you try this in the in the training field, you're, you're, you're not going to be able to do it as well as he did it in the game. And this has to be one of the top goals I've ever seen from Messi because of not only the great pass from Rakitic. I have to give him on that pass. It was a nice chip through pass right to Messi. Watch the play again. Watch him how he turns away from the defender and look where his first touch goes. It directly drops down what <laughs> dude if you try that with your knee it's ricocheting five yards ahead it's going up high it's doing many things obviously you're trying to have it drop down but to have it drop down softly right to your powerful left foot and then hit it into the corner that is That's next that is, level that is delicious man yeah <laughs> all right
1: Well, next up this Saturday, Barca will head down the coast to Valencia. They're playing 11th place Levante on match day 12 in La Liga. Now, here's the thing about this Saturday match. This is going to be in Valencia at the dreaded 4 p.m. kickoff time against Levante. Uh, Again, match day 12. Levante, you know, they're just coming off a 2-1 win, playing away at Real Sociedad. And I watched that game. And even though Levante's in 11th place, they are not to be counted out in that Sociedad match. They had very little possession, but they had a strong counter, and they mostly hold a good defensive shape.
0: That's a really impressive win because Sociedad this season have been playing really, really well this season. They've been one of the fun teams to watch in La Liga, especially with their young midfield. So that's a really good win, especially away at the Anueta for for Levante. But Brian, just like you said, the vaunted four PM kickoff plus away, this is this is like two bad omens in, in one day. <laughs>
1: yeah, and although our away record has improved lately, for sure. There there are still those specters of the beginning of the season against Athletic Bilbao, exactly. Osasuna,
0: Granada. And especially if the weather holds up in Valencia, that it's nice and warm, that's just another thing that is not in our favor on an away match in Valencia at four P.M.
1: Yeah. <laughs> now as far as Levante's tactics. Uh they are not married to any one particular formation. They've played 4-3-3 just as many times as 4-4-2. And against Real Madrid, they went with a 5-4-1, but they did lose that game 3-2. Their manager, Paco Lopez, might be tempted to try the same thing, a 5-4-1 against Barca.
0: Well they are at home. I could I could I if they were at home, I would see them leaning more towards a 4-4-2 because that gives them balance all the way through. But again, Brian, I wouldn't be surprised with a five-four-one but you know when you're at home Brian you can take definitely more chances with your tactics because you know you have that advantage so going at real madrid i would say that because you want to park the bus and it'll be interesting to see what paco decides because you know as we talked about our away performance has not been good everyone knows the playbook against barca press high and you know wish for the best essentially and with a 442 you can definitely press high and have coverage all over the field
1: yeah so that they might go in that direction now, as far as players on Levante, I would say the striker to watch out for is Borja Mayoral. He's number 21. He scored their second goal against Sociedad, uh, the second ball off an attempt that came off the crossbar by Ennis Bardi, their number 10, another player that Barcelona will need to shut down. But they're going to be looking to send those counters down the wings, and Mayoral is going to be running into the box to get the crosses, the final crosses in. And I think he could definitely outrun Longley and PK if their positioning isn't quite right. The one thing I saw in the Sociedad match about him, though, is that his finishing is not necessarily great. So that can work in our favor.
0: For sure. And again, if they're in a 4-4-2, you know, in the past we've had some bad experiences with really good two-forward pairings where they can split up the center back. So, again, if they can beat us with speed up the middle, it's going to prove a long day for Longley and PK. But again, it all depends if we continue to have the possession over 55%, 60%, then obviously we'll limit Levante's chances and they can only counter it depends on how focused we are on defense you know that's all really what it comes down to and again how focused is our attack going to be you know especially with Dembele coming back for this game that might give us a boost for a second half energy with these away games now it's I'm <laughs> I can see it going five different ways you know right. uh, a lo- you know a, a, a you know a close loss a close win a, a dominant performance you know it's It could be anything. So, you know, I expect the worst and hope for the best. Go ahead
1: early, they come back. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. You know, it's like expecting the worst and hoping for the best, right? So For sure. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, you mentioned Dembele is going to be back uh, available at least. We don't know if Valverde is going to use him, but he will be available. And uh, we are almost completely fully staffed at Barcelona. Our only injury now is Samuel Umtiti with a knee problem and no more suspensions at the moment. So the squad is almost completely available and in good health. And Messi seems to be back at full strength after that performance against Bio Delete. I think he's fully recovered from his injury.
0: For sure. I mean, again, these next four weeks, essentially, five weeks are going to be brutal because we have a lot of matches coming up. We have the, the Classico midweek coming at the end of, you know, middle December. It's good that we're healthy now. We have to maintain that, you know, that health. But also, rotation is key. Just like we talked about every time, rotation is key, especially now for the until the end of, you know, so the beginning of time. Christmas, essentially, and I'm curious to see uh, what kind of rotation that that Valverde uses because I would love to see Dembele. You know, you know how much I love him, and I think having him on the right side or left side gives us such a gives us so much speed on that side that it quells the the counters of Levante.
1: Well, invariably, Valverde is going to make at least nine decisions that make perfect sense and two that are a little <laughs> head scratchy.
0: Yeah, for sure. sure for at least for at least one of us yeah for sure (laughs) does Artur sit on the bench does Griezmann play on the left you know those are still going to be the same questions we're asking you just can't take any of these La Liga teams lightly because they are not scared of Barca and they know how to play and all week they are preparing for this pressing high I mean all you have to do is just see Slavia Praha if they don't score an early goal and we press for more than 60 minutes we have a shot
1: (laughs) barca talk is a production of sound it media written by gabriel quiroga and brian henderson produced by brian henderson social media and promotion by two point go until next time visca barca. sports
0: social podcast network